Hey guys, we have a sponsor for the podcast. Adam, Josh, are you guys excited about the podcast ad that we have? It's Manscaped. Yeah, it, it's Manscaped. We got Manscaped, guys. Manscaped sponsoring the podcast. We all got our package. We all got our delivery. So we, we ordered the package. We got the lawnmower. My favorite thing about this thing is it was like a ninja, a silent assassin. It did its job with such quietness. Yeah, I mean, for me, Manscaped is like confidence. You get to use this razor that you're just confident in, not scratching yourself, not cutting yourself, not nicking yourself. You can just go, and that is an amazing feeling, and it makes you feel confident using it. It really is a game changer. We've all had incidences. I think we've all, you know, ruined a towel or three. But with Manscaped, I think I think that your towels are, are pretty safe. Zero bleeding so far. If there's anything to come away with, it's that your towels are safe. That's, <laughs> that's a big win. That's a big win. So listen, it's not just for us, though. The beauty of Manscaped sponsoring the podcast is that we get to forward those rewards those gifts to our listeners which is the most important thing here so we do have a promo code for our listeners you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code clock dodgers at manscaped.com that's that's 20 percent off free shipping manscaped.com just use the code clock dodgers when you go there there's like tons of stuff to buy there i guess we, we, we talk about the the piece of equipment the lawnmower here but there's all kinds of stuff boxer briefs they got shirts they got Tons of, um, what would you call it, hygiene for your balls? I mean, them things get you going. So all these things are something that you can get using the promo code Clock Dodgers. Again, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot cope with them. Can't do it. Play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil Maligno. You know I roll with a gang, though. So today we got Josh repping the OKC. What up, Josh? Hey, Neil. How's it going? That doesn't sound very exciting for the OKC, baby. <laughs> I'm so excited, Neil. Nobody I'm wants so to excited. move there when you talk like that. Jeez. <laughs> Listen, Josh, step aside. We also have Adam repping the Windy City. What up, Adam? I, I don't know. I'm just reacting to us calling. Uh, I can't say words. Can we start over? No, no. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good start. No, this is a solid start. Like, because the first sentence that you try and get out, just fumbling all over it. This yeah, is perfect. That went well. This is how uh, your week looked last week, your fantasy. Yeah, so. now, now you all know how little he edits. Yeah, this is it. This is how we roll, baby. Um, actually, I added a lot. I make you sound good. And now I'm not going to anymore. That's a struggle. I get it. Not anymore. This intro will stay as it is it's in, it's in its entirety so they will know how you perform, Adam. It's all right. As long as you fumbled over is right there, it made me feel a little better. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Let's start the show how we always do. The, 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 the thing that makes people angry. It still gets people triggered on Twitter. It's hilarious. I will retweet old tweets of mine. And say, remember when I said this? Or how's this looking? And boy, do people still get very upset. Oh, no, you want to talk about that in week six? You want to talk about that in week three? Listen, we take victory laps around here, folks. We like to enjoy our life. We take victory laps. Adam, I know you're always excited to take victory laps. So I'm going to let you go first. All right, victory laps, gentlemen. 
Uh, how dead is Brandon Cooks, guys? How dead is he? Just tell me. Tell me how dead Brandon Cooks is, because all I see is him outproducing Will Fuller each of the last two weeks, except for he didn't this week. I forgot about that. Will Fuller was phenomenal, too. All right. It's cool. I was running too fast. I tripped. Nah, it's good, though. But, no, Brandon Cooks, though, has been a, uh, a phenomenal surprise uh, with the departure of Bill O'Brien. He uh, has amazingly stepped up in that offense and had two fantastic uh, production weeks back to back. Um, outside of that, really, I mean, for me this week, it was being bailed out at running back. A uh, lot, lot of guys who I was big on coming into the year that, you know, hadn't shown a lot or, or, you know, had their biggest week of the year uh, guys in Kenyon Drake and Ronald Jones and James Connor seems to be, you know, crushing it consistent week to week. And, uh, you know, even Kirk Cousins got me a, a decent performance while throwing all the interceptions this week. So it, uh, you know, it, it had some, it had some nice moments. It did. It did. It wasn't too shabby. It wasn't too shabby. I will say, full disclosure, man, I lost almost across the board except in Scott Fishbowl. So I had a rough week, but it, that won't stop me from taking victory laps. I mean, you did mention a guy like Kenyon Drake, who you know, obviously we both loved, and um, it was great to see that happen. But I won't even take a victory lap on that because. You just did, and you know I don't want to get too crazy excited about it. We'll see. You know, take it slow on that one. But someone who I do want to take a victory lap on that actually me and you, Adam, talked about it. Uh, I think it was in the group chat, and you told me I, you know, it really doesn't qualify uh, because you felt as if you know the points weren't enough. And I, I understand that. I understand that. But I still I want to give a little pat on the back to my boy Josh Reynolds. He he, he deserves it, man. Listen, he didn't score you buckets of points. I get it. I get he didn't like, you know, rip it up out there and and go crazy, but he still deserves. He got a touchdown. He had, you know, a couple a couple catches on his targets. He didn't do he didn't blow you out of the water. But what I'm more excited about is I feel like I just need to see this happen some more. I just need to see this happen some more because coming into the season, I thought this is a perfect opportunity for Josh Reynolds. I mean, he's been there enough years now, acclimated to the system, the play calling. You know, Cooks left, left a little bit of room there for someone else to breathe. And then before they drafted Van Jefferson, I thought, you know, Josh Reynolds just seems logical at this point. But, you know, again, it started a little slow. I'm hoping this is more of a, you know, this is a little bit of a, a false start on my on my victory lap. But I'm just hoping that it progresses ahead, that, you know, they, they, they put some more faith in him. They give him some more opportunities. I feel like this offense can use a guy like him. So I'm going to give him a victory lap just because I called it in the beginning of the season. I thought he'd be doing more by now, but it's just a, a positive, uh, a positive look for Josh Reynolds. And we have to, we have to appreciate these little moments and hope that they, you know, foster into something bigger. And so I'm just trying to put it into the air and make it a, a continuation here. Um, I know none of you uh, agree with me here on Josh Reynolds, but I'm hoping that this becomes a thing that he gets a little bit of love out there. Um, so that's the only victory lab I'm going to take. You already took Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, nobody, like I said, nobody else went crazy off the, you know, off the charts for me. So I don't want to really stretch anything more than I am with Josh Reynolds. Um, Adam, uh, Josh, actually, what do you have today, Josh? Well, there, a certain someone was finally the number one receiver in Carolina. And I feel like that's worthy of celebration. It is just yeah. like my Josh Reynolds was. No, no, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds <laughs> was nothing like this. DJ Moore had 11 targets. 11 targets 
That sounds great. What did he do with it, Josh? He did enough with it. <laughs> he got he had eighteen point two points BPR. I'm happy with that after the start that we had. I'll say that my boy Josh Reynolds had about ten less targets than your guy did, and he probably scored like two less points. I think uh, he just you think you just validated Josh Reynolds even more for me, man. I think I feel even better about it now. I feel even better. But again, DJ Moore, I'll let you have it because he struggled mightily, man. I was, I was wrong. He only had 14 points, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm still very happy. I'm still very happy about the 11 points or the 11 targets. You deserve to have that. You're allowed to have that because of the uh, the struggles that you've endured so far. Yeah. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. Okay. That's what I keep saying, man. That's what I keep saying, too. So, as you can see, the victory laps are a little light today. Did you have anyone else to victory lap, Josh? Well, I mean, there's a certain somebody, but I think we might get to him yeah, later on in the yeah, show. Yeah, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. You, you got lucky. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. Listen, one of the bigger news is, it, news is one of the bigger news of the last week it's coming into this week, it's kind of spreading itself around, is Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs. We, when we talked last week, Le'Veon Bell was released but not signed. Now he's signed. So this, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, this is in the air, right? This, this is one that's being talked about a lot right now. It's, you know, there, I've seen people on all sides of it. It kind of, it's kind of a, it kind of blows my mind how much people are talking about this in terms of like how it's going to affect this team. I'm kind of thrown off by the amount of people that I've seen talk about it, but Le'Veon Bell to the chiefs, Adam, what is your initial thoughts here? How, how do you feel this is going to play out? I actually would say that initially um, my reaction was it, it's probably going to be a pretty hot hand approach with Bell probably seeing a little bit more of the passing down work and um, CEH seeing a little bit more of the rushing down work. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that that changed uh, after CEH's usage on Monday night. I mean, from what we've seen from Edwards Hilaire so far, like he's a great rusher, but he's been struggling down in the red zone in those scoring situations. And I think ultimately that's something that might get entrusted in Bell as well. So from a fantasy perspective, I'm concerned because of where Bell's going to take touches. You know, Mm -hmm. he's going to take touches in the passing game and he's potentially going to take touches in the red zone. And that's not, not great if you own Edwards Hilaire. You know, if you're a Bell owner, you got to be ecstatic. I mean, he literally is going from the chalk worst offense in the NFL, literally where fantasy players go to die in Adam Gase offense, and he's going to the best offense for running backs outside of maybe New Orleans. But what Andy Reid has done throughout his career with running backs has been phenomenal. Um, so I think him getting Le'Veon Bell is just going to be another amazing tool for their offense. It's, you know, really just going to be a question of how much does he get the ball and how many touches does he see per game. And I think that it's going to be one of those things that on a week-to-week basis, they're both going to be start-worthy because you don't know when one's going to go off. Um, but they're, they're both going to have their blow-up weeks. And then uh, as far as consistency goes, I think they're probably both going to have weeks that you're going to wish you didn't start them. Yeah. So – all right, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Josh, Adam's saying here that he feels like, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, obviously last week, I mean, just balled out on the ground. In the air, it just didn't seem to happen. I mean, he caught all the targets. It just 
nothing happened with it. And so, you know, there's that concern because we know Bell can do that. But as far as like, even from the ground, like, do you think that he is a threat to Clyde Edwards Hilaire as far as the carries, the attempts, or do you feel like, you know, we're going to see Bell, Bell be used differently than what kind of like Adam is, is kind of, you know, pointing to here? I I expect to see Le'Veon Bell come in and dominate the backfield, honestly. Wow. Like, uh, Clyde has been Clyde has been good enough with the passing game, but I feel like that's just such a strength. Like, if you're going to go out and target Le'Veon Bell as a person you want to add to your team, I think you do it because you want to throw him the ball. I don't think that he's, he's the type of player that you bring in to run between the tackles, mm-hmm. which – which Clyde is terrible at. So I, I think that this could be, I think that this could be very bad for Clyde Edwards. I, I expect to see Le'Veon Bell just dominate touches. That is interesting. So you think it's really bad for Clyde Edwards. Adam, you feel like it's pretty bad for Clyde Edwards. In the sense of that, you think at the very least, like we're going to get hot hand action here. We're not really going to know which player, you know, has a big game. I think that's interesting because I don't know. Do you guys think the – do you think that you're in the minority or the majority with the amount of success you think Bell's going to have? I think that a lot of people expect to see Clyde still maintain a big share of the of the work there in Kansas City. And so in that sense, I guess I'm in the minority. It's interesting because, like, I on, on Twitter, you know, I, I don't know if I just retweeted it or, or what when it happened, but – you know, I mentioned that, you know, Bell got away from Gase and, you know, one guy jumped out like, oh, it's so funny. People act like, you know, he's going to magically play well now because he's not with Gase. And I'm like, yeah, no, that is what we expect. Like, that's that's, what's, that's exactly what we think he's going to magically do. So it's like, you know, it's interesting because there are some people who just think he's just not good anymore at football. Um, and, you know, we, we've, we've talked kind of heavily here about how Gase has affected players in the past. And so, you know, he hasn't played well, really. So but bo- both of you don't see any issue with that. And you think it is team coaching and all that kind of stuff that was in the back, right, Adam? I mean, yeah, he's going to Kansas City, guys. I mean, let, let's be honest here. There are a lot of running backs that would end up in Kansas City that could thrive. And at this point, they're giving touches to, you know, Daryl Williams. So there's opportunity there. If you look at how Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been used through these first six weeks, he's gotten crazy usage. So there's room for Bell to get usage as well. I, I honestly do think this is going to be a pretty, not necessarily even split, but I'd say probably close to like a 60-40 with, uh, with Clyde probably still getting the 60% of touches, but maybe Bell getting 40% of touches in better situations because of the passing and because of the, uh, potential for red zone usage yeah that makes sense i will i will uh, one more question about this before we move on from bell um i got in a conversation with somebody about Le'Veon bell and how he affects tyreek hill um the person i was speaking with was like you know should i trade tyreek hill for someone like dk metcalf if i can because they signed Le'Veon bell because he's afraid that Le'Veon bell is for some reason going to take away from hill's opportunities in the offense touchdowns all that kind of stuff um is are either of you either one of you can feel free to speak up whoever's more uh agreeable with this but do either one of you think that Le'Veon bell somehow affects the wide receivers or tyree kill in this offense in a bad way because i personally don't see it yeah I, I think that's a stretch i mean i guess the idea is literally adding any you know efficient playmaker to the offense limits the amount of touches and potential for touchdowns that tyreeko would have but i think it's actually counterintuitive um because having 
having reliable running backs can continue to help, you know, drives turnover, which can only just cause an offense to be more productive overall. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's it's kind of the opposite. I'm yeah. probably more apt to like anyone on the Chiefs exactly. with this acquisition. Yeah, I agree with you. So a rising tide lifts all boats. That's how I look at it, right? Um, all right, cool. Let's move over to another big headline that actually just dropped today. Um, and it kind of caught a lot of people by off guard. I don't think anybody really expected it to happen. It was kind of, I don't know, kind of weird that it just happened this way, that it just popped up on the news. But uh, Tua, you know, starting Miami, they said. Fitzpatrick taking the back seat. I mean, he's been playing well. It doesn't really make much sense. Uh, but they, they put him on the field for a drive or two, and I guess they couldn't resist making him the starter. So uh, Tua is going to be the starter in Miami. As far as the offensive playmakers here, Josh, how does this affect the team in your eyes? Does it make it better instantly? Is it kind of a wait and see approach? Do you think it's worse than Fitzpatrick? I mean, how do, how do you feel this is going to end up, you know, right now initially? We're not going to talk about future and, you know, two years from now, just right now, you know, this week, next couple of weeks. How, how does this make you feel? You know, I I am cautiously optimistic about Tua hitting the field. So he, he is a he is a rookie quarterback, and I feel like that, you know, could be – it could just be a slow start. But I also feel like – like this is the right move for the Dolphins to make. I think that if you're going to take a, a quarterback as early as they took Tua, you need to get him out on the field and see what happens. I'm excited to see – I'm excited to see what he can do with with the combination of Parker, Williams, Gusecki, and Ford. You know, I, I feel like this could sort of upset the fruit basket and we might see a new target leader in Miami. We might see some things change, sort of sort of like what we saw in Carolina. But I'm excited to see what could come. All right. I mean, Josh is excited. Adam, let me ask you this. If Tua struggles, there's there's no going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, I, th- I think this is a... This is a move that you, I don't know, man. I think personally you shouldn't go back from. That being said, if they, you know, lose a game in Miami, it's like, well, we could still be in playoff contention with Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they went back. But at this point, I mean, if you're three and three and you're going to your rookie quarterback, to me that tells me you think that rookie quarterback can win games. Yep. So. From what we've seen from Justin Herbert, I think that might be something that encourages Miami. You know, they see a young kid come in and just totally turn around an offense. And from what we've seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick, both from a fantasy perspective and real life, I mean, he's been fantastic. And ultimately, like, he's going to be potentially a great, you know, mentor for Tua. Um, But... I don't know. I think cautiously opt- optimistic is probably a good way to put it. As far as the pieces in Miami, I think you kind of have to expect a downturn. Um, I hope that's not the case. I'd love it if Tua comes out and is doing what Justin Herbert's doing. I mean, that'd be that'd be fan- not that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> but uh, I think expectation probably should be closer to, you know even what Joe Burrow's doing, which in any other year would be phenomenal for a rookie quarterback. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, that's probably more what you're looking at than, uh, you know, I think you take a little bit of a step back from what you have with Patrick. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely exciting to see him play. And obviously it was a really feel good thing to see last week. So um, it was hard, I'm sure, for the Dolphins to resist, you know, just going all in at this point. And yeah, like you said, they're three and three. They're in a bye week. So, you know, that's going to give Tua a little more time, a little more reps with, the, you know, the number, you know, the ones and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that's, you know, part of their logic here. But um, it's going to be it's, you know, we've seen, like you said, a lot of rookie quarterbacks having a lot of success right now. And so it's going to be fun because some people believe he's the best of this entire class, you know, so um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for sure i just like you know like we've mentioned i hope it doesn't you know i hope it doesn't go bad because you know overall they've been having a pretty decent year and in fantasy a lot of their players have been fun to you know to own and and not you know to start and put in your lineup so it'll suck if it goes bad but um yeah we'll see it's exciting you know so they're excited let's all be excited let's like you said cautionly cautionly optimistic as a good way to put it um but it's exciting Let's talk about injuries really quick, and then we can move over to trust issues. Uh, Miles Sanders to miss Thursday night game because of his knee. Uh, did you guys see that catch that he missed, man? If he would have caught that, it would have been beautiful. Looked looked right, looked left, dropped it. It would have been nice. But uh, out, of the, out of the game, does this affect either one of you pretty badly in your on your leagues? Yeah, I got a lot of Miles Sanders, but <laughs> I, I think it's a great opportunity for Boston Scott. I mean, so far this year, he hasn't done – anything um but he's you know gonna get the bulk of the work there and it'll be interesting to see if he can you know do anything with it as we saw from a guy like uh alexander madison last week just because you get the work doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be productive so uh it'll be interesting to see if he's a mike davis or if he's an alexander madison (laughs) mike davis had another serviceable week too josh are you excited about boston scott man you got any uh shares out there you're gonna fire him up I, I don't think that Boston Scott is really going to be able to fill the Miles Sanders role. Like, if you look at the way that the two of them are targeted downfield, Miles Sanders does a lot more work, does a lot more work downfield, and Boston Scott is just catching a lot more dump off short passes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure, he's a fill in. If you if you lost Miles Sanders and you have Boston Scott, I think you fire him up and hope for the best. But I just don't expect him to be doing the same kinds of things that that earned Miles Sanders the role that he has had. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a situation where ho- hopefully, you know, no one's putting in Boston Scott expecting Miles Sanders numbers. But you know, like like Adam said, with Mike Davis, we've seen. Uh, you know, we've seen guys kind of be serviceable there. So it's it's it has some fun potential, but. Uh, Miles Sanders clearly is a you know a special talent, so it's gonna be hard to replace that. We also have Mark Ingram on bye, should have missed time due to the ankle injury, and the last one is Deontay Johnson to return. Hopefully he stays returned. Um, man, how about those uh those Steelers wide receivers, man? Jeez, I don't even know. You know, at this point, obviously, if you got Chase Claypool, you don't even want Deontay Johnson back. If you got James Washington, you don't want Deontay Johnson back. You don't even care if you got Juju because he sucks. What is going on with Juju? Listen, forget Deontay Johnson. What is happening with Juju? Someone please. He's a good me. teammate, and he wants his teammates to, uh, you know, be successful. So he's just giving them opportunities. <laughs> it's crazy. It's mad. I know it is. It is pretty. It's pretty wild, especially when you watch the games too, and you just see that like they're like designing plays for Chase Claypool, who up until you know a week or two ago was literally nobody, but uh. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they have a way of developing wide receivers there, and uh, they're they're definitely showing the depth of that wide receiver group. Um, 
I think that, you know, it's a little premature on Juju. I think he'll probably still have some weeks down the stretch here, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not what you expected. Yeah. I mean, he had a two touchdown week, week one. So it's not like he, you know, has been completely horrible this whole entire season, but for the most part, especially with what you expected of him, it has, it hasn't been pretty, man. It hasn't been pretty. I remember, I remember when they traded, when they let AB, you know, go, I thought, man, Juju might struggle. I thought he would struggle, but I didn't think that every single wide receiver on the team, including rookies, were going to like outplay him. It's just weird because with Juju, the weird thing is, is like you felt like he was like, you know, sort of like the face of the organization. You know what I mean? Like he's big on social media. He had a, you know, big rookie season. You know, he's he's all into fantasy football. You know what I mean? He's always promoting it and doing things, you know, in the fantasy football space. So it's like he's this really, you know, outwardly, you know, popular player. And then he's just like struggling. And it's just weird to see those dynamics because it usually doesn't play out that way when someone's so popular, you know, after having good seasons and stuff and then just struggle so hard. Um, but like you said, man, there's been a lot of players this year who have started slow for whatever the reason is. And then they have big weeks and either that, you know, it, it stays that way or they have up and downs, but it's still, you know, they're still relevant. Um, so it, let me ask you this, Josh, if you have Juju right now, are you forced to just hold because, you know, you just want to wait and see and you're not going to get top value for him? Or are you trying to get rid of him to find a believer in the in the league that you're in? Like, what would you do right now with Juju? I am very discouraged by what I have seen from Juju. I don't understand it. And I, at this point, I think that Juju was a product of Antonio Brown being on the field and diverting coverage. And I feel like there should probably be uh, a better... <sighs> A better explanation than that i feel like there is probably something else going on but the only thing that really makes sense to me is that he was living off of antonio brown antonio brown's gone and he's not coming back and it's very sad for juju wow so, I mean, yeah it's interesting that's how i looked at it when it, you know when it was happening that juju is in a struggle because of ab but again there's other receivers there who are doing really good and so it's not like they're devoid of talent at wide receiver it's not like he's the only guy that everyone's targeting him so i don't know I don't know. Um, Adam, what is your final feelings on Juju right now? Just wait it out? I mean, he's just – he's still super young, guys. I mean, he's not even 24 yet. Like, I think from a redraft perspective, it's not like you can trade him for any value. So, wait it out. I think he's probably not going to be as consistent as you ever wanted him to be where you drafted him. But he's probably going to have some spike weeks down the stretch. Hope you can identify him and get him in your lineup. As far as Dynasty goes, you cannot trade an asset like that. I mean, he's so young still. He only has upside available to him. You're literally bailing on him at what I would expect to be his floor. I mean, obviously, if you think this is all he's going to be, do what you got to do. But I I just, I don't see it. I think he's still young. I think he still has an opportunity to show the flashes that he's had to start his career. And I think that really, more than anything, we just have very high expectations and we're looking at very small window. Um, Yeah. You know, ho- hopefully he can turn around this season. But even if he doesn't, I mean, he's still got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Let's jump over to trust issues, a segment where we talk about situations, players, teams, and we discuss whether we trust or we have trust issues with that situation. In his four starts, Justin Herbert is a top 10 quarterback points per game. Herbert is a must start in week seven against the Jaguars. Trust or trust issues, Adam? Oh, I trust it. I I think what Justin Herbert's done so far, I mean, you know, he's got that Konami code, but he is just, he's been fantastic just as a passer. And I think ultimately from what we've seen from him, 
we shouldn't think anything less. And the matchup against the Jaguars, I mean, they should be favored in this matchup. I haven't checked uh, Vegas odds yet, but that would be my expectation. I think that he's probably in great position to win, have a high team total, and ultimately just be on track. To, uh, Josh, you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good, man. Um, but no, just to, to be on track to have another big weekly performance. Yeah, no, I trust him too. I mean, how can you not, right? I mean, with the way he started off so far, it's been crazy good. He has great weapons, so it's not even like we're concerned. We're like, you don't have this like young quarterback with a whole young team of unproven guys. Like, we know his who his weapons are. They're good players. Um, so yeah, I I, I I love Justin Herbert's situation, and I trust him. And he's he's out there making crazy plays. So um, I definitely trust Justin Herbert this week. Josh, do you disagree with us at all? No, not at all. He he's playing pretty well. He's he's throwing for over eight yards, eight, eight air yards per attempt. You know his his total air yards per game are at two hundred eighty nine, which is you know just just pretty normal. So I just don't see anything unsustainable about this. Yeah, that suggests that he's about to fall off any kind of a cliff. Yeah, I think I think Justin Herbert is probably here to stay. That's what it seems like. Yeah, definitely exceeded my expectations so far. So it's a good sign. Uh, and it's good for the weapons there because we were kind of concerned. We were like, hey, if they start the season with him, what's going to happen? Or when he comes in, like what's going to happen to all these guys? And we had no reason to be concerned at this point. Um, so that's a really good sign. Um, the next one, in the three games he's played, Travis Wilhelm has the highest points per game amongst all wide receivers with 21.5. He will finish as a top 24 wide receiver rest of season. Adam, trust or trust issues. Now, keep in mind, there's veteran receivers who are injured, Adam. Trust or trust issues. I know it's crazy, but I, I'm starting to trust it, man. I uh, I think that there's just so many injuries on this Philadelphia offense that uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunity. And, um, no, I take it back. No, I got trust issues. All right, here's why. Here's why. And, and ultimately, I think it's phenomenal what he's done in his production so far. But, um, you know, right now they've got just a litany of injuries on that offense. And they're all set to come back at some point this season. So um, I think Fulgham is probably a start him while you got him kind of situation. Like, do not let this guy be on your bench over the next two or three weeks because this is – this is when you're going to want to utilize him. Right. Um, but I'm concerned that by the end of the year, you know, once you've got guys like Goddard back, if Ertz is back, if you, you know, start seeing Deshaun Jackson come back or Alshon Jeffrey even. I mean, Jalen Rager should be back just within the next week, I think, or two here. So I think that you're just going to start to see him kind of get phased down in the target share to the point where he probably can't finish in that top 24 range but over the next two three weeks i think he's a must-start guy yeah no i agree with you and he's got good matchups too so like you got the good matchups you got the injured players so you got all the opportunity right now i do agree with you like he's just basically right now he's getting all the targets he's getting all the opportunity and so therefore he's just he, he's making plays so that's great because there's not that doesn't always happen with the guys who get those opportunities so i feel like no matter what he has a role going forward no matter who comes back but i don't obviously as guys continue to come back it's just going to continue to be reduced it just has to be um but yeah it's, it's great when you get guys like this i mean he's had a touchdown the last three weeks every week that he's played he's getting you know more and more targets 
you know, as these weeks go on, because the first week it wasn't a lot of targets. But, I mean, he's just doing great all around. Like, there's not much more you can ask for for a, a guy like this. But like you said, Giants, Dallas, then there's a bye week. I don't know who's going to be back at this point, but Giants again, Cleveland. So, I mean, he's got some really good matchups coming up. So, yeah, you do feel good if you have this guy and you need him to fill in or if you're just flexing him, whatever the case may be, if you have injuries, this is a, a really good situation. But, again, like you said, with an expiration date because – it just uh, too many guys coming back that I feel like we can't get too crazy excited about them. But Josh, how do you feel before we move on to the next player? I I feel like injuries will get you volume, but injuries will not make you efficient. And he has been efficient so mm-hmm. far. And so it it's it's you know it's scary trusting a guy who I whose name I did not know three weeks ago to continue to be what he has been. But I just don't see anything that is signaling that, that he's going to fall off a cliff. You, you know, like right now, he is the wide receiver, two in points per game, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that he's going to finish the season as wide receiver, two in points per game. But top 24 seems like a pretty safe bet. Wow. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of players coming back, Josh. Yeah, I, I expect that he's going to get passed up by the likes of, like, by the end of the season, you know, I think DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, uh, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, you know, maybe Chris Godwin. I think that some of these players pass him up, but that still puts him inside of even the top 12. Mm-hmm. So you don't think any of the players that come back will pass him up on the on, in his own offense? Do you think that? Jalen Rager, any of those guys? Within the Philadelphia offense? Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey is a very good wide receiver who has seen his better days. So, Adam, he, Josh is basically saying that he thinks, you know, he's the wide receiver one in this offense going forward, regardless of, you know, Rager coming back, Jeffrey, all these guys, Jackson. I mean, you don't agree with that, correct? I don't agree, but I don't hate it because mm-hmm. I think Rager is really the only threat yeah, to that. Yeah, Rager is really good. <laughs> He's really I, you good know, I think him. Zach Ertz might be like a really credible threat. I, I expected Zach Ertz to be doing a lot more than what he is doing. But if that doesn't start soon, I think we just have to accept that it's the, the Fulgham show. Yeah, he is good, and he will continue to have a role no matter what happens. Um, all right, cool. So we all like Fulgham. You know, for the most part, and uh, we'll see if he can stay hot, uh, barring all these players coming back. Uh, through six weeks, Jimmy Graham is a tight end six. He's a must start against the Rams in week seven. Adam, trust or trust issues? As much as I want to trust the Bears tight end, I got trust issues. I mean, really outside of one explosive week where he went six for 60 and two touchdowns. I mean, Jimmy Graham's a guy who's going to catch, you know, three balls for 30 yards, and if he scores a touchdown, you're going to be happy, and if he doesn't, you're going to be disappointed, and I'm not going to touchdown hunt throughout the entire year, although that's probably a good situation to do it in because the Bears' offense is probably going to produce touchdowns and not really have anywhere to put them. Um, So Jimmy Graham's kind of shown up in the red zone for that team, and I think that he'll probably have some, you know, productive weeks down the stretch because of those spike weeks from touchdowns, but that's not, it's not what I want to rely on at tight end. 
it sounded like when you were saying what he was going to do most weeks, it sounded like you were describing my uh, not-so-obvious locks of the week, to be honest. Uh, you know, 30 yards, I'm hoping for a touchdown. You know, it sounded like, it sounded like you were, you know, ringing that bell for me. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't trust it either. Um, although, man, tight end has just been such a weird position this year. There have been guys who just pop one week, disappear the next. We have the guys who pop and then stay there. You have guys who just disappear completely or haven't really showed their faces. So it's nice when someone like Jimmy Graham does, even when it's, you know, inconsistently, like one game on, one game off, or, you know, whatever his pattern has been. But, um, yeah, I, I have trust issues. It's just hard to trust Jimmy Graham at this point in his career. Um, so, yeah, trust issues for me. Uh, Josh, close it up here for him. Do you have trust issues or trust Jimmy Graham? You know, I I think I just – I think I trust him. Like, who else besides Allen Robinson is really stealing targets in that Chicago offense? And, and you know, you look at the game logs and targets, he, he had a pretty miserable week two where he only had one target. But outside of that, it's 7, 10, 5, 5, 8. Like, he's just – he's pretty consistent. I, I think that – Outside of just completely going to a stream and playing matchups, Jimmy Graham is about Jimmy Graham is about as good of a mid-range tight end one as you're going to find. I, I think he's going to continue doing what he has been doing. Nice, Jimmy Graham. You have a uh, a trustee here on on the podcast. Someone trusts you, man. I'm just waiting for Darnell Mooney to have his moment, Adam. I'm just waiting. Keep waiting. Come on, man. It's going to come. It's going to happen eventually. Um, the the, ne- the last one on trust issues. Man, this this one is set up for Josh, basically. Ronald Jones will hold off Leonard Fournette and finish top 12 by the end of the season at running back. I'm going to let Josh start. Trust or trust issues, Josh? Uh, Ronald Jones has, has only been a product of running back attrition to this point in the season. I don't think that he's done anything special. I don't think that he has really earned the role. You know, he's 80th right now. No, I'm sorry, not 80th. He's 98th in fantasy points over expectation per game. He He's getting all of the volume, and he's really not doing a whole lot with it. I just don't see any reason to think that Ronald Jones has, has wrapped this up. I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is better in the passing game. And I think that Leonard Fournette is going to be better in the rushing game. And if you're looking for an all around option, I still think it's Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is just not anything special. I just, how many other guys have had three straight hundred yard games? Do you know any? Because uh, right now, that's some freaking tough consistency to find. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, over the last three games, he's averaging four targets a game. So, I mean, they know he's not a good pass catcher. We know he's not a good pass catcher. But if they keep giving him volume in the passing game, it's not really going to matter. Um, so for me, yeah, I think Ronald Jones is one of those guys that if he stays healthy, he's going to be top 12 at the end of the year. Cause running back is just going to turn into a game of, you know, essentially attrition and guys like this guys who are getting an average of 20 carries a game. 
You know, they gave him 17 carries in a loss. This is a team that's going to give him the ball a ton. And yeah, actually, I think when Leonard Fournette gets healthy again, he's probably going to get work back in. But that's just because of the amount of volume that they're giving to running backs. But I think that Ronald Jones is still going to get the bulk of the work. And uh, if this is any indication, he's a guy that I think is like a must-start moving forward. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can't come around to trusting him, but it's not because of Leonard Fournette. I just, I don't know, man. Like, there's too many variables here. Both of them could have the hot hand one game. I mean, we've seen week two, Fournette went for 100 and some yards too. So, like, between them, they have four 100-yard games. Obviously, Fournette's been, like, injured and all these other kind of things, you know, at some points. But, um, you know, overall, that the running backs there have been doing pretty good in Tampa, um, which is kind of surprising. I don't know. I didn't expect it to be this, you know. I didn't expect Ronald Jones for sure to be doing this great. So um, it's kind of surprising, but I can't put him in, in top 12. I think that's way, that's too high for me. Um, I, I get it. I get it. Like it feels good after three weeks in a row, but like going to top 12 for me, is just too high. Um, yeah, it's too high for me. I just can't put that much faith in him. I mean, he's there right now. He's basically there, but I, I just can't, I just, I don't have faith in it. I don't have, I have trust issues. <laughs> I have trust issues. Um, so I have trust issues. Josh has trust issues because of Leonard Fournette. He believes Leonard Fournette. I have trust issues with both Wait, of those guys. Can I just say one more thing? Uh-huh. Like in the top 30 right now, in the top 30 running backs, when you compare expected points to actual points, there are only seven guys who are under. Okay. And the seven guys that are under are David Johnson, David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin, Clyde Edwards, Rojo, Joe Mixon, and Zeke. So, I mean, you've got Zeke in there, which makes me question this whole thing. The rest of those guys, I'm pretty willing to say they're not good at football. And Ronald Jones is one of them. All right, Josh. Well, you keep expecting points, and I'll keep getting. <laughs> I mean, and Zeke is like just a touch under, just a hair under, okay? And he's getting massive volume. Ronald Jones, uh, like honestly, it, really, this is an indictment on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but it's it's a bad it's a bad club to be in. Let me ask you guys this because I'm just kind of curious because this guy came in so hot into the season. Um, Adam, if you were in redraft right now, not dynasty redraft, who would you take the rest of the year, Ronald Jones or Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. Uh, yeah, probably probably Ronald Jones. So interesting. So interesting. The guy who was going to unseat Marlon Mack and just run all over everybody is getting put behind Ronald Jones right now. Josh, do you agree with that? Well, Ronald Jones is getting a more valuable volume, and he's also getting more targets per game. I mean, it's like every every rational sort of thing points to Ronald Jones, but I I just don't think that Ronald Jones has any right to that volume. I think <laughs> that he's going to get passed up, if not by Keyshawn Vaughn, then by Leonard Fournette. And with Jonathan Taylor, I could see him never taking over the passing work because of Naheem Hines. But I, I think that Taylor will always be a pretty main piece of that offense. Yeah, yeah, 55 receiving yards last week. Um, it's just interesting. This, this is why it's good to have a good balance of, of people here on the show because, you know, Josh is talking about what he expects and what he thinks is going to happen because it doesn't look like it's supposed to happen. And Adam's like, yeah, no, I'll take what's ha- actually happening 
um, over, you know, what's supposed to happen. Um, so this is why it's good to have varying opinions, man. This is this is good stuff. So, you know, depending on what, who's listening right now, what, what camp they're in, you know, you could be on the side of, hey, he's doing it now. So I just have to believe it. Or the guy who goes, hey, he's not supposed to be doing this. So it's going to like have to stop. <laughs> um, it's an interesting, you know, position to be in. But when those two things counteract like that, you know, trust issues are easy to be had. Um, all right. Let's move over and talk about something where Josh should be very excited about, which is a not so obvious locks of the week. Josh is our first second time winner on the season with, our, with his boy Christian Kirk. So Josh, tell us what happened here, man. What, what what's going on? Well, <laughs> Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk was a beneficiary of I think game plan, <laughs> where where the game plan was to give it to Christian Kirk on the goal line, and that doesn't happen a whole lot. So he's he still only had I think three or four targets. But he made he made absolutely all of them count, and I I could not be happier for Christian Kirk. But at the same time, I, I'm not sure that this really signals like a, a change in the seas for him. I w- I would like it a lot better if he got you know seven, eight, nine targets, and he did not. <laughs> so I'm I'll, I'll take the production. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those games where he doesn't have the most targets of his year. He actually had the least targets that he's had all year, yet the most production in every yeah, aspect. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe his coaches look at that and say, okay, so this guy deserves more targets. What can we do? And I'm just I'm just not sure that I, I have a lot of confidence in that. <laughs> all right, so he might not be your uh, not-so-obvious lock of the week again, but he got you the win, man, so... He should always hold a special place in your heart um, because you are the winner this week or last week. I should say uh, you get to go first, Josh. So do you have a lock of the week that you want to uh, throw in our faces here first? Are you guys going to let me get away with, with Darrell Henderson as a lock of the week? Adam's our guy who calls these. I mean, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Guys? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Are we helping anyone with that? I oh, mean, <laughs> okay. Who was benching Darrell Henderson? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's like it, I. I don't know. I guess. Okay. I guess it's possible. It's not like he's blown people out of the water so far this year. He's had big games and he's had games where he totally disappoints. So you, you know what? You could have done. You could have done worse, Josh. That, that wasn't <laughs> oh, as egregious okay. as other that. times that you've said things that I thought were egregious. That this this one is much more. <laughs> acceptable i'll move off of darrell henderson (laughs) i do think i do think that darrell henderson has taken hold of the backfield even though like not a single rams running back got a target and i'm a little bit angry about that but another thing that i noticed this week was that jd mckissick took not quite the lead but damn near the lead in the Washington backfield. And I, I think this might be a trend going forward. So J.D. McKissick should definitely be allowable, and I'm going to put him in as lock of the week. <laughs> Josh was like, that, I'm not going to ask you on this one. I'm going to take him. No, that, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I will echo something about J.D. McKissick because uh, I, 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 I mean, sorry, Neil. 
I, I was also on Antonio Gibson. I wasn't drafting him in the fifth round like a crazy person, <laughs> but I was on him too. But what we've seen from the usage from J.D. McKissick, if nothing else, he's the pass catching back there, like by far. I mean, eight targets, eight targets, six targets over the last three games, and he does something with it, you know? Um, for me, like, I, I think that's a great pick, Josh. And way more true to the sport, like, that that's a guy who could easily finish as a top 12 guy uh, this upcoming week, and uh, I don't think a lot of people were thinking if they were going to start him. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go a similar route, actually, and uh, I'm going to stay at running back. And... Go with a guy who was on by this past week, but the uh, week prior to that, he actually saw 20 touches. And uh, we were talking about his quarterback earlier because uh, rookie, you know, Justin Herbert has really turned the Chargers around. So uh, I'm excited to see what Justin Jackson's going to do this week. Uh, for me, really, the big plus for him is similar to what Josh is seeing with JD McKissick, which is I, I love his use in the passing game, but the. Uh, the difference with Justin Jackson is, you know, they've shown that they're willing to give him carries. So with Austin Eckler still out and uh, that running backfield really up for grabs, I, I think that he's going to be the one that seizes it this week. Nice. Two running backs. Two running backs. You guys make me want to go running back. You make me want to go running back. You should pick Daryl Henderson. Nah, not going Daryl Henderson. <laughs> Not going Daryl Henderson. Not, not, not going to go Daryl Henderson. Boston Scott's not crazy enough, is it? No, Boston Scott's a debate. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah okay. you can do that. Yeah, Boston Scott's that, That's here. fair. Because, uh, yeah, short week. Uh, there's some interesting factors there. Okay, good. Okay, as long as it's fair, then that, that, that's where I'm at here then. So let me just write these down. We got Boston Scott. Read yours. Say, say yours so I can type them, guys. Because you already forgot. Man. How are our listeners supposed to listen when you don't even I listen? I forgot. To okay, don't. I'll just type it while you guys say nothing. <laughs> That's fine. All right. He's gonna text us later for these. Nope. 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 I just typed a lot of real words. All right. <laughs> Let's jump over to can he do that again? This is slowly becoming my favorite. You know, on the show. I'm not gonna lie. It's it hurts me to say that because it's you know the newer segment, but I still it's becoming a favorite of mine. All right. The first one. Texans tight end Darren Fells caught 50 plus yards and a touchdown the last two weeks in a row. Adam, can he do that again? Yes, he can. We are seeing a shift away from the Bill O'Brien offense, and I think that this new offense is going to be great for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be great for Brandon Cooks, and it's going to be great for Darren Fells. I think ultimately those guys are going to thrive. Will Fuller's going to thrive, and this is. You know, what we should have been seeing all along from this offense is kind of more up-tempo, you know, downfield throwing offense. And, you know, when you're seeing guys like Darren Fells put up 14 and 28 yards per reception in back-to-back games, I mean, you know, he's he's somebody who, even if he only sees a handful of targets, has the potential to still be productive, especially at tight end. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, and it's exciting more so also because – We've been waiting for the, the Texans to kind of stick to a tight end. Like, I feel like the last five years or something, we just keep saying, oh, wait, this is their tight end this year. Oh, that's going to be the tight end this year. Oh, that, that, oh, now it's this one. Like, hopefully they stick with Fells. They allow him to continue to do this. Um, and, and that's the big thing for me. Because like you said, like, we've been waiting for this offense to kind of, you know, 
give the tight end some love, but also stay consistent to a tight end. So I hope they stick with him and they continue to let him build on this. But um, uh, Josh, do you think he can do it again? I, I'm skeptical. You know, his targets over the last few weeks, he's got two, 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 and then seven. And seven is great, but I like I just I know that there are other targets in that offense, and I'm just not sure that Darren Fells continues to draw seven targets a game, which seems to be what he's going to need to get to get above fifty yards. So I I don't think Darren Fells does it again. Adam, he's just not there yet, man. He just doesn't he doesn't see that he doesn't see it, man. That's okay. There's changes. There's sweeping changes happening there, man. They also came off of playing Tennessee, which is a very positive matchup for tight ends, and now they're playing Green Bay, who is just kind of neutral. All right, so this will this week will be more of a tell for you, Josh. Hopefully, fellas can sell you on it, though. Um, the next one I have here, DJ Chark had 14 targets and accumulated less than 50 yards receiving and no touchdowns. Adam, can he do that again? Can he do that specifically? Yeah. Can he get a crazy amount of targets and get nothing with it? <laughs> no, because they 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 should not be targeting DJ Chark this much. I mean, it's crazy the difference that we've seen from one year to the next with Chark. Um, I mean, he's had a huge spike week um, so far this year, but other than that, kind of really not been utilized like he was last year. And uh, I think the main reason for that is we're seeing other young wide receivers really shine there. I mean, Keelan Cole has been producing while no one's been paying attention. Uh, is a top 24 wide receiver right now on the season. And really, no one saw that coming. And I feel like no one's talking about it. And everybody seems to be talking about LaVisca Chenault, who, you know, this past week didn't get any usage so i think that that's really what you're going to see is tj chark's targets are going to shift back to normal um and then you're going to see you know lavisca and and cole get a little bit more work and ultimately they've got to figure out something there to actually win games so once they figure (laughs) out out what that is then they're probably going to stick with it but uh but yeah it seems like Seems like they got a lot of interesting pieces. It just might be that uh, Gardner Menchie is not as good as I thought he was. That's sad. That's terrible. What's funny about Cole is remember how much he he, he you know flashed a couple of years ago, and then, oh yeah, and then disappeared kind of DJ Chark style right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we all knew he had talent and ability. We all just kind of wonder where it went, and now it's kind of flashing again. And hopefully, DJ Chark can you know, I don't I don't know what's happening here. I don't know why you know like you mentioned. I don't know what the the drop off here is, especially with all these targets. But, um. Josh, do you think he'll continue to get those targets and continue to not produce? Like, can he do that again, or do you think it'll, it'll a switch will flip here one way or the other? Either the targets are going to drop dramatically, or he's going to make something happen with them. I I think that getting that number of targets is a sign that something something positive is happening with DJ Chark. And as much as I I see holes in his his college profile. And, you know, I, I also look at Keelan Cole and think, like, well, why why now? Why is it happening now? I just I, – I have to think that it's more likely that DJ Chark, who has already had a, a pretty great season, just becomes more efficient with his targets. Okay. So I, I think DJ Chark probably won't see another 14-target game, but I think he's going to – increase his production on the targets that he does see 
right. and increase his role in this offense. We'll see how that how that plays out. We all definitely love DJ Chark, man. Like we all got really excited about him. So it'll suck if it just falls off the you know face of the earth here. He's gotta he's gotta he's gotta change something, man. We got I'm looking forward to it. We've all been waiting for it. We came into this year all everywhere. I think we all can agree that we all thought DJ Chark would do pretty well. So um this sucks. Next one. Speaking of a guy who has had it rough to start the season, our boy Kenyon Drake came to life. He came back to life, Adam. Can he do that again? Uh, who's Arizona playing this week? Because that was just like that was the primo matchup for this to occur. So <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, he can't. They're playing Seattle this week. That's going to be a game script that I think probably caters to them using Chase Edmonds a lot more. I mean, it's pretty evident what is happening in this offense. You know, Kenyon Drake is going to be the between the tackles goal line back who in great game scripts where they blow people out and need to run the ball a ton is going to have huge games Um, in games that are competitive in games that are going to require Kyler Murray to throw the ball. They're probably going to be using a lot more of Chase Edmonds. So I think that you're just going to have to watch that. And, you know, most of us who drafted Drake, unfortunately, probably don't have the luxury of benching him. But if you do, if you do have other options, uh, I think that that's something to watch for. And I think this week might be a week to bench him. But then, uh, you know, next week after that, he's against Miami, and that's probably a week to start him. So you're probably just going to have to watch the matchups. Adam, I'm kind of curious, Adam, really quick before I ask Josh, um, how different is Kenyon Drake and Joe Mixon at this point? I think pretty different still. still? I mean, I, I got to look, but – offhand i feel like mixon's still getting work in the passing game which i think is really the big factor for drake is that you know chase Edmonds is just going to steal all that work yeah there's not really anybody doing that in cincinnati um yeah i mean looking at just the last three weeks joe mixon's seen six eight and three targets so by far more so yeah i don't really see the similarity all right um josh do you think Kenyon drake can do it again or do you think like adam said this is just going to be a matchup play I, uh, <laughs> this is tough. I, I think that it's a matchup play. I think that Kenyon Drake flashed and he's probably not going to continue on this path. And I would also agree that like Mixon is still pretty well ahead of him. Interesting. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, we would love to see it continue, but obviously, uh, things don't always play out how we would like them to. Uh, the last one here that I wanted to throw out you guys for uh, can you do that again is the Browns benched Baker Mayfield last week. Can they do that again? No. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's no there's no actually benching Baker. It's just, you know, taking him out of the lineup because you don't want him to get injured in a game that you think you have absolutely no chance of coming back. So it's not a real benching. It's more preventative, but I think any, if anything, it's just an insult to that offensive line and they probably got reamed out, and they're probably getting reamed out still this week. So hopefully they protect <laughs> Baker a little bit better next week. Yeah, it, it's getting crazy there, man. This Baker has done nothing, like nothing. And uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy that they have four wins, though. Like, they have a pretty good record for a quarterback who's not doing much. I don't know, man. I would just like to – man, I feel like – we thought we thought this year was going to be the year for this man. Like maybe this was going to be the year. Like maybe it all comes together, and then we see burst and flashes, and then it just goes away. And 
Oh, man. I guess this is more on here just because of my frustration for how that offense has been going. Um, Josh, do you have any feelings on Baker Mayfield right now? I I feel like he is vastly, vastly under-delivering on expectations. Vastly. So I, I don't think that you can really bench the guy because what what is your alternative? Right. But, Case Keenum. Yeah, I, I I will say that I saw a lot of Case Keenum getting picked up in my dynasty leagues this week. So clearly, some people disagree with me. Yeah, or they but, want to take a chance. Yeah, I I mean, the Browns got the doors blown off of them by the Steelers, and it was probably just smart to sit Baker down and you know live to fight another day, but. I don't know. I, I was I was just really hoping that if the Browns offense got off the ground, that Baker would get off the ground with them. And so far, what we've seen from the Browns has been this like ball control rushing offense where the, the players that you want to have are Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And, you know, it's almost like they're hiding Baker. Baker. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been looking good. All right, let's move over to foul or no foul. I have an interesting one here to start. Andy Dalton will keep the starting quarterback job in Dallas. Foul or no foul, Adam? Man, no foul. Like, that was a terrible, terrible performance. There, there's nothing else you can say about that. But, you know, it's first week in there. Got a full week to prepare now. Going up against Washington, it'll be a get-right game, and I think at least looks serviceable. Like I, I don't know, I I don't really see what else they can do. I mean, the division's still going to be competitive, so it's not like they're going to move on to somebody young who they want to you know test and see what they got. And what what else is there to do? I mean, it, it's Andy Dalton moving forward there, so I uh, I think that this week's going to be hopefully a get-right performance. I don't know, man. We all know that owner is kind of crazy at Josh. He's a little impatient, Josh. Any chance, man? He he did mention. I mean, he, he already spoke on this, like you know how much of a glaring difference there is, um, you know, between Dak and Andy, or at least in that first game, there was a glaring difference. Um, I mean, they do have some other quarterbacks and young guys and stuff, and obviously nobody that like you know is a big mention or anything like that, but. Man, you know what would be crazy? I would love to see like Tua tear it up in Miami, and then they get him in Dallas. Oh, baby, nah, it's just I'm over here playing Madden basically at this point. But yeah, man, I mean, do we have any concern? Because I spent all my money on Andy Dalton. So Josh, like, he's gonna stay the starter, right, man? I think he has to. I it's just like with Baker Mayfield. I mean, what what is your alternative? Who are you going to if it's not Andy Dalton? And you know, he he. On 54 attempts, he did manage to throw for 266 yards. You know, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's not great. I I just feel like to expect Andy Dalton to come straight out of the box and expect or or perform right away, that's that's a pretty tall order. And I think that at a minimum, we're going to see Andy Dalton get two or three or four more games before they make a big decision to go away from him. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, we all uh, we all do think he'll continue to play. I just, man, like I said, I spent a lot of money on this guy, man. I hope he we turns it around. I have faith. He has a lot of great weapons there. Um, he's a seasoned vet. 
So we'll continue to stay faithful. Um, Trey Burton will stay hot at tight end and finish in the top 10. Foul or no foul, Adam? Yeah, I'm going to say foul. Oh, you're I just a bitter Bears fan. That's all you are. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I just I don't see the consistency there. I mean, I didn't see the consistency with Jimmy Graham either. I don't see the consistency with basically any tight end that you weren't drafting within the first four rounds with the exception of Johnny Smith when he comes back healthy. Like, the guys at the top are locked in. I mean, we talked about this in the offseason a little bit, like how tight end had for years been this late-round tight end game and that this year it really felt like it was shifting. Well, with the exception of Zach Ertz, everyone who is being drafted early at tight end is performing like it. So for me, it's, you know, it's one of those situations where I don't really think there's a lot of opportunity for most people to be that consistent at tight end yeah no yeah i definitely agree i mean you know it, it was nice to see and you know it's kind of like what chicago was hoping they would get you know this really dominant tight end but it obviously didn't play out that way and um yeah i think he's been too inconsistent in his career period um for us to like you know get too excited about it um it was obviously a nice you know play if someone played him uh just you know playing the waivers and whatnot but um, Josh, do you have any faith in um, consistency here? I know the Colts offense, even in general, you know, hasn't been, you know, the guys that you really want to target in the passing game. So um, how do you feel about them, Josh? Well, first of all, the, Trey Burton is the reason that our good friend George has had Hillary Clinton as a, as a Twitter Abby. <laughs> so I, I feel great about that. I feel fantastic about that decision. And, uh, you know, from from his first game, it just felt like he was he was getting used. You know, I think it was five targets right off the bat, and and now they're giving him direct snaps at the goal line. You know, five targets, six targets, five targets. I I just yeah, I I think that I think that Trey Burton at this point in the season is a guy that you are lucky to have on your roster, and you plug him in until he disappoints you. Wow. Sky, so you're lucky to have him on your roster. All right. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I see him being a fun player to, you know, throw in the flex or if you have a two tight end league, all that kind of stuff. But I just, as far as like trusting him and, and banking on him, it's hard to do. But I, I respect your take and, and you go in there with him, Josh. I understand you want Avi bets and everything with him. So how can you, how can you, how can you be mad at him now? Um, the last one I have here is Sam Darnold will be traded by the trade deadline. Foul or no foul, Adam. Yeah, it's a big foul. I don't see any chance of that happening. Oh, man, you are such a bitter little man. You just want to keep playing Madden. It's adorable. It's fun, man. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the next Jet. So, you know, why not? I mean, at this rate, that definitely looks like what's going to happen. You got to move on now. Hopefully Adam Gase is not there. Sam Darnold traded to the Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Man, I don't even have Madden. I don't even have it. The new one, I don't got it. Have you gotten any better at Adam? Nope, still bad. Yeah, that's what I expected. <laughs> that's what I expected. Show and tell. You know what? I'm not going to show and tell anything today except Manscaped. Because you should definitely go to Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping using the promo code Clock Dodgers. Right, guys? Gotta love it, man. I, I, I gotta tell you, like I've been using the the deodorant for about three or four days and things are different things are different <laughs> man that toner uh livens things up 
You feeling toned? You feel toned. <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. So yes, manscaped.com. Use the promo code Clock Dodgers. You support the podcast. You support your junk. You support the significant other in your life who will appreciate it all. It's definitely the way to go. Besides Manscaped, gentlemen, who sponsor the Clock Dodgers podcast, and you should definitely support them by using the promo code Clock Dodgers. Did you guys have anything else that you majorly wanted to make sure that we did for show and tell today? No, I just wanted to talk about UFC 254. I'm super excited to watch Khabib once again defend his title, probably against his, you know, most competitive matchup to date and Justin Gagey. I mean, I think everyone thought that uh, Connor would be for uh, for a while there, but at the end of the day, you need someone who has some wrestling pedigree, and this this seems like the potential matchup, and I'm I'm super stoked. That's this Saturday, right? Yes, sir. And it's on during the day. Yeah, it's not on at night. Uh, the pay-per-view starts at like 1, 1 p.m., I believe, or, well, 2 Eastern. I got to so, say, uh, I, I love Khabib, but, man, Gaethje is a Raiders fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that just puts it over the top for Gaethje. <laughs> I'll say this. If I'm betting, I'm probably going to have all my parlays with Khabib except for one suck out parlay with Justin Gagey where I can get my money back because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely possible. I'm, I'm definitely not going to say it's not possible, but at the same time, I think from a betting perspective, like if these odds are close at all, like if Khabib's anything less than a two to one, yeah, I mean, you, you just, you got to put your money on him at the end of the day. Like he's just been so dominant and you're never going to get odds like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up uh, releasing the odds at for the fights. But uh, I'll definitely have some parlays going and, and be super excited to uh, to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I bet you both those gentlemen, I'm just guessing here, not for sure, but I bet you they both use Manscaped. Just a guess. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they look like it. They look like you it. Know? They look like two very smart gentlemen who take care of themselves. But that is just a, uh, you know, allegation from my side. It's allegedly. But uh, so I'm thinking, uh, Josh, do you have anything you want to show and tell today, man? Besides ball deodorant, that's amazing. It, like, I really feel like I have neglected part of my body until <laughs> now. And and now it's like it's finally, um, you know, presentable. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing to yourself. I mean, I can't speak for your, for your job. Well, what I've been doing to myself is nothing. Okay, so yes, you definitely Manscaped was a definitely a blessing for you, so. man. Thank you, Manscaped, for saving Josh. If you need any more of an endorsement than a man who's done nothing, and that machine has lasted one turn, you found yourself a, a customer for life. I mean, really, they gave us a gift. <laughs> they did, for really. Sure. I mean. Just, just knowing that Josh is finally taking care of yes, himself. Yes, it's good. It's important. It's good. It's good for um, everyone's mental health. It might be dangerous for the city of Oklahoma. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how how he's going to play these streets. I just, more than anything, man, I'm still blown away by the amount of confidence you feel when you're using one of those razors. Because it's like I've never held anything that is able to cut me. <laughs> <laughs> And not felt nervous. <laughs> it, it's it's a pretty surreal feeling to have that much confidence in it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the product's fantastic. 
It is Clock Dodgers. Use promo code Clock Dodgers. Get 20% off and free shipping. Seriously, guys, it supports the podcast. It supports us and it supports Manscaped. It supports everything. It's, it supports yourself more than anything. You hear Josh. This guy's never done anything in his life for himself down there. Come on. <laughs> there's got to be more never. of you listening, and I don't want you to be hurt. Seriously, if there's Josh's out there, if, if when Josh was speaking, you guys were like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes me feel like myself a little bit. I, I can relate to that. Please do yourself a favor. Go to Manscaped, 20% off, code clock dodgers, free shipping on anything. You just peruse. They have a lot of stuff on there. It's not just a razor. There's a lot of other options available to you. And uh, yeah, I mean, their, their products are, are definitely fantastic. Yeah, and just to tell you guys also, like the listeners are so amazing, uh, aside from Manscaped, that um, last week, we talked about Josh's tofu situation. Um, and Josh made a, an argument that the only reason or, you know, something that we maybe we've been missing in our experience with tofu is an air fryer. Um, and so I have to mention this because on the episode I said, you know, I've never used an air fryer. It's kind of, you know, strange to me. I've never, never used it. So I don't know what I'm missing and shout out to Austin at Austin underscore G underscore H long time listener supports us like crazy sends and you know in, interacts with us on twitter on a daily basis leaves a review it says everything that you know you can want in a, in, a, in a podcast listener and he sent me an air fryer talk about everything you would want in a podcast listener Whew. he sent me a brand new brand new spanking air fryer from amazon i believe shout out to him. i mean it was here in like two days it was unbelievable and, uh, Two days, so you've had it for a bit. Have you I've, used it? I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I have not used it out of fear that I'm gonna do something wrong. So I've been studying um, because I don't <laughs> want the first experience to be bad, and then like I feel like it's bad. Um, so I've literally been like doing all my research, like how much oil, because uh, you know I didn't know you actually use a little bit of oil in the air fryer. So that's something I learned. I would have just been toasting with air. So. Um, yeah, I've, I've been trying to like get this all down, right? Like exactly how much oil, all this kind of stuff. I had to take all the plastic stuff out of it, you know, unscrew something, unscrew a basket, get some paper out of there. So yeah, I, I'm ready. I got, I got everything ready now though. I have the oil, which I went out and bought cause I didn't have any more new. I want the new oil, fresh new oil. So I got new oil. I got chicken strips. Cause of course, what else would I do, Adam? Right. That's, <laughs> you know, what other way would we do this? See what other way would we break this bad boy in? Uh, and so I got everything on deck. So I'm going to, I'm going to use it this week. And then by the next time we speak, I will have used an air fryer gifted by Austin. One of the clock Dodgers listeners, man, one of the clock Dodger family members out there, man. So when I, that's that, that this is one of those things, you know, whenever we say clock Dodgers family clock Dodgers that are out there, we're not just saying it. It's not just something we're making up, right? Like you guys, again, you, you support us through, you know, uh, you know, supporting the guests that come on the show by supporting the sponsors that we have by sending gifts like Austin just did by leaving reviews, like all these amazing things. Like, you know, we get emails about how the show has helped people. And obviously people on Twitter and stuff interacting with us on a daily basis, like all, all these things, it's just a great community. And I, and I want to continue to, to turn that up too. So uh, we'll have more things going forward, but also with Manscaped, I wanted to mention too, I almost forgot that if you do do it and use the code clock Dodgers, when you, when you make your order, send a screenshot to us, some, something that we can show that verification that it happened this way I can enter your name. I'm going to do a draw, a drawing where like I give away 
you know, clock Dodgers beanie, probably a sticker, some wristbands, maybe some kind of gift card or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out something really good um, to give out just a little extra on top of the great manscape stuff. So um, send a screenshot if you can, uh, some kind of receipt or something just to show that you use this. I can kind of document it and put you in the, in the raffle. Um, but other than that, guys, do you have anything else before we let this bad boy go? I think that's it. Josh, Adam, uh, Josh is, you know, kind of shout out to Josh for making it through this episode. He's a, you know, for the for for the for the sneezes that we cannot edit out, or the coughs that we cannot get rid of, Josh is my allergies. My allergies just attacked tonight, and I don't really understand why, but they did. Josh, you struggled. You struggled, but we, we appreciate it, man. You made it like you, a trooper. You refused to quit, and Adam is always a struggle, but you made it past the opening. Hey, man, the struggle bus has wheels that are always rolling. <laughs> That's all that matters. You can find Josh at JC Crocker. Adam, you can find. At the other FF guy, right, Adam? That's it. That's it. You're not going to change that, are you? You're not going to be the FFF guy, the FF guy, are you? God, why would I add an extra F, Neil? Okay. The imagine if you did change your name to the FF guy. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. I respect it. I respect the you know the the upgrade. I'm pretty pretty sure it was taken. <laughs> you know you tried it. That's the problem. Yep. All right, and you can find me at Clock Dodgers. Don't forget, the podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Clock Dodgers, 20% promo. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. We love you guys. Thank you for everything. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you for the interactions. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next week. Other than that, be kind, be great, keep dodging.